0: Okay, so, Mike, you were sharing from 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, 14. I think that's where you started. Behold, the third time I am ready to come to you, and I will not be burdensome to you, for I seek not yours, but you. Tell me, that isn't Christ with each of us. Really? Because because what what could we ever give him? The only thing we can give him is what he's given us. (laughs) And even, you know, I I think even in the sense of giving, and I'm talking giving ourselves to him, okay? I'm talking giving ourselves to him because when he first gave himself to us, he gave us love, (laughs) right? And that's what gives. That's what even causes us to give because love. You know who God is in First John four eight uh, <clears throat> and sixteen. That's who God is. God is love, and He is He is uncaused, uncreated life, which is love. <laughs> so when it says that, and, and so Paul, when he's functioning. In Christ, meaning Christ is functioning in him, so now he can function in him, in Christ. That's what he's saying here. Uh, I won't be burdensome to you for I don't seek anything from you. This is so huge because if I think about the spirit of this, the Holy Spirit revealing the things of Christ here, what he's doing is If I look at Matthew 20, 28, and Mark 10, and verse 45, it says, Christ came, listen, not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. And what kind of life did he come out of in his humanity in John 1, verse 14? Well, he came out of John 1, verse 1. It was this, this eternal love, Exchange of an affectionate love that nothing could disturb or distract, and that's what he came out. So when it says that, when he came not to be ministered, but to be, but to minister unto, and to give his life a ransom for many, in those scriptures again, it's Matthew twenty twenty eight, Mark ten verse forty five. That's brought out in a beautiful way. And Luke the tenth chapter, when we look at verses thirty eight to forty two, where it's Martha and Mary. Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet. Martha is, she is in, we would call it the kitchen today, and she's preparing a meal and she's doing that out of, out of her affection for Christ, (laughs) out of her own affection for Christ and her, and her at that particular time, her limited capacity, because when it was just her affection, and not his flowing to her and through her, then she was very irritated in her service. And really, that's a sense of works. We shared a little bit yesterday, and uh, even about spiritual warfare, uh, how in that, <clears throat> there's this word, it's ergon, it's E-R-G-O-N, and that always speaks of works. what uh, uh, Labor, fleshly labor and works, you know. But Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet because even there we see that proper service first comes from sitting at the feet of the servant, Christ, for his love to flow in us, and to cause us to give. Even in the sense, even in the sense of Acts 6 and verse 4, it says. We're not to serve tables. I have to constantly be reminded of that, especially in my old age. And God always has a way of making that clear to me. When he'll give me little pains or little things (laughs) and little reminders that I'm not to serve tables, but I'm to give myself to prayer and to the ministry of the word. But what causes us to give? Well, it would have to be his love in us that would actuate us giving ourselves to him in a place of dependence so that the flow of the word that Christ is in the form of that love can give us counsel. And that's, again, that's Acts 6, verse 4. But we will give ourselves to prayer, that's dependence, and what are we depending on? Is love for us that actuates and energizes us to do a single thing, because we couldn't even give if he hadn't first given unto us. So when we look at 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 14, when he said, behold, the third time I am ready to come to you, and I will not be burdensome to you. Why? Because I'm not seeking yours. God isn't seeking something from us, so he can get something, he doesn't want us so he can get something from us. Oh my gosh, that, would, that goes into that system of works. Literally, that goes into the false teaching of covenant theology now and, and, and where we are as the church and also goes into the Lordship salvation. These false teaching, all, every false teaching, literally, it just doesn't have to do with the love of God that is manifested through Christ and of course, it's always by the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't seek, I'm not seeking yours. In other words, I don't want something from you. I want you. <laughs> and th- I want us to think about this. And I'm, when I say that, <laughs> the Holy Spirit saying to me, Ed, I want you to think with them all together. I want you to think about this. I want you. Why does he want us to love us? <laughs> he wants us to love us. Because after all, everything that he, in giving his son, and his son giving himself to the Father and for us, having done all of that, then what's left? It's not do, it's receive. It's not do. It's not Deuteronomy 4, 1 and 2. Do and live. No, it's live, and there's love life, because the doing is done. Just receive it. And so here, when it says, but you, you think about that, but you, but you, aside from anything you even think you could do, and, and again, that's the place where we have to go, and God has to bring us, and so many times we've said this in the past, that, that in Romans, the seventh chapter, if you're going to go forward, if you're going to go forward in the learning of Romans chapter three. Romans chapter 4, Romans chapter 5, the much more chapter, and Romans 6, when what, uh, they're submitting ourselves and reckoning on what's finished, to learn that process, what do we have to do? We have to go down, and that is in Romans the 7th chapter, where he has to separate the flesh from us, and in who we are in Christ, because the flesh always, when we forget God, even in the, the best that we could do, when we forget God, forget His love for us, when we leave that first love in revelations 2 and verse 4, we think we can only think that we have to do something to please him. when all he wants is us. that's what that's what Martha was doing. She was sitting at Jesus' feet, because what <clears throat> and receiving his word, the word of what? This love life, <laughs> it's a love life. Again, that's even brought out in, in the understanding of, of John chapter one, verses one through three, and then entering into the, into the fourth verse. That, and that that life, was the light of men. and <clears throat> We can see that crystal clear. So all he wants, and that's what Mary was doing. That's what Mary was doing. She was sitting at Jesus' feet, receiving what love had already accomplished through the one that accomplished it. And it's just a receiving. And so that's what it says. I won't be burdensome from for, for I seek not yours, but you. For the children ought not to lay up for the parents, but the parents for the children. And this, of course, is in the spiritual realm, the things that are Christ. We see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 to 16, but how it operates and how that operates in the body of Christ in local assemblies in Ephesians 4, <clears throat> 4 through 6. And it's very interesting that before we function properly and take our proper place in a local assembly, we have to be captured in Ephesians 4, verse 1. The prisoner of the Lord. What The prisoner of, the prisoner of his love. <laughs> oh boy. You don't want to escape that, do we? And of course, the enemy will try and do everything <clears throat> to cause us in the flesh to escape it. To get occupied with other things. You know, I was thinking this morning, and this is one of the thoughts that I had. And this goes into even the spiritual warfare. We we shared that uh, yesterday about Ephesians 4 and verse 14. And then we can see that all the way to the 27th verse in that fourth chapter of Ephesians. And then we went into the spiritual warfare in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 17. But how the enemy will use the things of this world. I want us to think about this because I thought... Because I want to think with you about is what I'm saying. I want to think with with all of you this morning as the Holy Spirit can take the word and show it unto us and which he will do. I want us to think that the enemy for the Christian in, in spiritual warfare will use all the material things of the earth to get us away from thinking with Christ. Think about that. I don't care what it is. Now, when I think about that, think about this. The only thing that we are going to take off this earth when we are soon cut off in Psalm 90, verse 10, we fly away into his presence. We go right into his, uh, the spirit returns in Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 7, it returns to God. And in that sense, when we think about it, what is burnt up at the bema seat? In 1 Corinthians 3, 13 to 15. It's called wood, everything we did in humanity, hay and stubble. Even think about those things. They're material things of the earth. When I thought about this, when it says in Isaiah 65 and verse 17, in Isaiah 66 and verse 22, and in 2 Peter 3, 11 to 13, where, it's, where his fire will burn up all the earth. What's he talking about? All the material things. All the material things are going to be burnt up. (laughs) The only thing that we take out of here is gold, the deity of Christ, expressed through redemption, silver, and these precious stones, all that fruit that's brought out. That's what that's talking about. It's the only thing we're taking off. So I don't care, no matter what our job is, no matter what we get involved with material things, if we're doing it as unto the Lord, then that's the, when everything else is burnt up, because it will be, that's what we take with us. This is what, this is what the teaching is here. For the children ought not to lay up for the parents, but the parents for the children. This is going far beyond the material things. So many I've heard, and, and I think it's right to do this, the parents, they, they, want to, they want to make sure that there's going to be a certain inheritance of financial things for their children. That's, that's taking care of them in time. But how about their eternity? And how about teaching them even about those material things? You see, those material things are not bad in themselves, but if they become the fixation of our eye as opposed to Christ, in Hebrews 12 and verse 2, as opposed to Christ, then what are they? And I'll tell you what they are. 1 John 2.15, it says, Love not the world. This is what it says, neither the things that are in the world. Now we may have, we may use the things of the world, but what is the motivation? It's key, it's very key. So I could be, and, we, and I heard this many years ago, I heard it many, many years ago, and it really blessed me, the preaching that I did here on that, by the way, many, many decades ago, that you could be a janitor. And you could be cleaning floors and cleaning toilets, but you did it unto the Lord when all those floors are burnt up. (laughs) Because, listen, every material, physical thing, listen, even the gold and silver, all of it. Furthermore, in Haggai 2.8, all the gold and silver is his. Maybe in someone's pocket, but it's his. What do we do with it? What motivates us to do with those material things? because they're not gonna last, they're not gonna last. But what we may have done with them could last. (laughs) I thought about that this morning. As I looked around at a lot of things, I'm just being personal. a lot of things that I accumulated that are material things. And that thought came to me. Boy, was I broken when I considered it. All those things are gonna be burnt up. But did I use them for his glory? Were they about Christ? What, what are we laying up for our children? Parents, husbands, wives? The best thing you can lay up for your children is the eternal things. And this is what this is talking about here in a very practical, experiential way. And lay up for the <clears throat> the, the children ought not to lay up for the parents. And by the way, you know, when I heard certain things like, well, you know, It's the younger people now. The older people are too old. So he's going to replace them with younger people. It's it's the exact opposite in the scriptures, by the way. Not that a young person can't function in the gifts. We can see that in 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy. There's no question about it. Furthermore, even in 2 Timothy 2 and verse 15, all the way down to verse 24, We have to understand the context is an apostle Paul to a young pastor. And I do believe, yes, I do believe it, but you can't ever tell me that Timothy, even in his walk, never replaced what God was doing through the apostle Paul as a spiritual dad to him. Never. Furthermore, maybe we should read 1 Samuel, the eighth chapter, in those first seven verses. And, And let me just touch on that. I'll just touch on that because here we are remember <clears throat> the parents the children don't lay up for the parents but the parents for the children of course that's bringing out first John 2 12 <clears throat> to 14 but here is first Samuel this is what does away with the young people doing outdoing the uh, and and replacing the older ones and I do believe in one sense obviously in 2 Timothy 2 uh it, 2 Timothy the second chapter in those first five verses yes you're teaching these men how to teach others yes and I understand that but look at 1 Samuel the 8th chapter verse 1 it says and it came to pass when Samuel was what? old that he made his sons judges rulers rulers over Israel now the name of his firstborn was Joel and the name of the second was Abiah and they were judges in Beersheba and his sons walked not in his ways. Okay? okay? Because the parent can't replace the will of a child. Can't do it. They walked not in his ways, but turned aside after lucre. See, there's money. Material things of the earth. And took bribes. Whew. Is that money? <laughs> and perverted judgment. Boy, there's a reason. It says in 1 Timothy 6, 9, and 10, you know, verse 10, money's not the root of all evil. The inordinate evil affection attached to money is the root of all evil. And many become pierced through with many sorrows because of it. And that's 1 Timothy 6, 9, and 10. But here, in verse 4, it says this, Then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel unto Ramah and said unto him, Behold, you're old. You're old, and your sons walk not in your ways. Yeah, and that was his fault. (laughs) Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. Flesh, there's flesh coming in now because flesh wants to be controlled by flesh. It's the truth. And have this fleshly relationship. Now, verse 6. But the thing displeased Samuel. Uh, when it says displeased," the Hebrew says it makes it clear it was evil in his sight. You know why? Because he was walking in God's view, God's sight. because in Psalm 97 of verse 10, "All you that love, which is God, love God, you hate evil." So the thing displeased him was evil in his sight. When they said, "Give us a king to judge us," and Samuel prayed unto the Lord. What do we do? We pray. We give ourselves to prayer. And then we're going to get God's counsel. And here it is. And the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people in all that they say unto you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. (laughs) See, listen, now it's never that way. It's never that way. It's always in the in as God's explaining it to us, like only He can do through the Scriptures, and through the preponderance of many of these Scriptures that He gives us, that we get to Second Corinthians, the twelfth chapter. You see, because the parents aren't seeking from the children. No. No. No, but they're laying up for the children. And this is even in a spiritual sense. You know, Paul in uh, 1 Corinthians 4, 15 and 16, he says, you you don't have many fathers, spiritual dads. And a spiritual dad is one who's fathered by Jesus Christ, period. And he said, follow me as I follow Christ. In 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, and in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 9. Because the works... The works of Christ, when we follow Him, will be manifested through us as vessels, and that's what He was bringing out again in Philippians, the fourth chapter and the ninth verse. So here, but but the parents for the children. Now here's verse fifteen, and this is what's going to bring it in. And I will va- very gladly spend and be spent for you. What does that mean? What is Paul saying? And again, we know this. <laughs> what is the Holy Spirit? Saying through Paul and Paul teach, teaching us, never apart from the Holy Spirit. Paul's not the theologian and the scholar, the Holy Spirit is in John 16, 13, and 14. But what is he saying here? I will very gladly spend and be spent for you, for you, and that's what it says, for, for, your, for what does it say? For your souls. For your souls. Because you can't function properly in your soul without spiritual things. And this is what he's bringing out here. That's what's being laid up. The most important thing. Though the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. Now that's not necessarily. It can be even those that he spends himself for. But it can also be the atmosphere and spiritual warfare coming against him. But when it says here, I will very gladly spend and be spent for you, this is where we go, and this is where this brings out in Acts, the 20th chapter. Now, in Acts 20, and watch the flow of this, and God's going to tie in spiritual leadership this morning about the, the children are not laying up for the parents, but the parents for the children. And he's bringing up, and again, uh, in reality, and, and bringing to our experience, First Samuel, the 8th chapter, in those first seven verses, and Acts 20, 24, he said, but none of these things move me. Oh, my God. Who went through more than this guy? None of these. Th- what were the things that didn't even move him? Well, here's the scriptures again. Here they are again. They're pretty amazing when, when we uh, think of them and when we look at them. What are those things that that did not allow him to be moved? I'm gonna, here's, Here they are in 2 Corinthians 11. Verse 23. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. He's being sarcastic towards those that were rejecting him. I am... I am more, in labors more abundant, in stripes above measure. Catan, Roman cat-of-nine tales. Do a study on that. In prisons more frequent, in deaths, often. Of the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes, 39 stripes, five times. Three times was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned, three times I suffered shipwreck a, a, a night and a day I've been in the deep, in journeyings often in perils of waters, in perils of robbers as he traveled those Roman roads that were policed by the by the Roman uh, army, but still there were robbers <clears throat> in perils. By my own countrymen, and you see how Paul felt about his own countrymen, he never considered them his enemies. They considered him an enemy. He never did in Romans nine one to three, and in in Romans ten one to three. Never did. In perils by the heathen, unsaved, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, that's a painful that's the deepest pain, by the way. False brethren in weariness and in painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, and fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Beside those things that are without, that comes upon me daily, the care, the loving, concern, and care for all the churches. And he was still a weak, little human being. And that's why here, those things that, he, that he's talking about here, the care Of those churches and all those things. That's what he's talking about here in Acts 20, verse 24. But none of these things move me. Why? Because I don't count my own life to be dear unto myself. So that I might finish my course with joy. And that's always love, obviously, in his presence. In Psalm 16, 11, in his presence, in his presence, who is God? God is love. When I function in his presence, I have joy. Now, our joy at times here on this earth is up and down. Of course, it never will be in heaven. But our peace, and brought out in Galatians 5, and 23, is settled. That peace that we have is the peace of God and the God of peace. Uh, that I might enjoy in the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify as a witness the gospel. Cause he's talking, he says, I am I am a witness of the gospel of his grace, because if anyone didn't deserve the grace, he's saying me it was me in first Corinthians fifteen, nine and ten. The gospel of his grace. And now behold, I know. <clears throat> That you all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom, his ruling, the ruling of God, will see my face no more. We need to really value those that God has given us because we don't know how long we can see their face and have this face to face exchange. Verse 26 says, Wherefore I take you record, I take to you record that I am pure from the blood of all men, I'm Gu- not guilty. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves with that counsel that that is yours in Christ and to all the flock over which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, those that watch over, and to feed the church of God which he has purchased with his own blood. Notice whose church is it? Is it some pastors? Nope. Is it the the pastor's flock? No. No. Verse 29. For I know this, that after my departing will grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. You read John, the 10th chapter. We'll get a really beautiful picture of that too, by the way. And also of your own selves will men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. Therefore, watch. Boy, that's why we need to give ourselves to prayer because there's no proper watching without giving ourselves to prayer. And prayer is us giving ourselves to God so God can communicate to us. We don't even know how to pray until we get into his presence. And unfortunately, in the lives of so many of us, that's the thing that's lacking more than anything. No wonder it says in 1 Timothy 2, 8, I wish men, andros, men, males, would give themselves to prayer without wrath and without doubting. Because you know what prayer does when we depend upon him? It keeps up wrath, the wrong kind of wrath, brings in the right kind of wrath in Ephesians 4 and verse 26. And it keeps out doubting in Romans 14 and verse 23. And doubting is a result of some form of condemnation. We see that in Romans fourteen twenty two, uh, and, and brought out in verse 23. But here, again, he says, therefore watch and remember. Can I remember the things of Christ without watching? That by the space of three years I cease not to warn every one of you night and day with tears. To warn Every one of you. He's bringing out here even Colossians 1, 27 and 28. That's what he's bringing out. So there's the hope that we are in Christ in Colossians 1 and verse 27, but he's bringing in a warning in 1, 28. And again, that goes into many different things. But therefore, it, it, and then he says, Night and day with tears, verse 32. Now look, watch this. Now... Brethren, I commend you to who? God. Not a board of elders, not pastors, not apostles, no go-betweens, Christ himself. I commend you to God and the word of his grace. Well, who is the word of his grace if it's not Christ? Which is able, which is the supernatural ability that only comes from God, through Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to build you up, to edify you, and make you a house that he can dwell in, in Colossians 3, and verse 15, and and, and specifically verse 16, so that we're a spiritual house built up in Ephesians 2 and verse 22. We become a spiritual habitation, and it's by supernatural ability, and that's why Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet, because true service comes only from him. And ser- true service, service is always synonymous with proper worship. <laughs> oh boy. We either worship the flesh or worship Christ. Now I commend you, and now brethren, those that are in Christ, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to, to build you up and to give you an inheritance. No man leaves us an inheritance. And that's what 2 Corinthians 12, 14, and specifically 15 is bringing out. To give you an inheritance among all those that are sanctified, meaning positionally placed in Christ, but now you experience it through this proper teaching. This brings out again here, with all of these scriptures that God has given us this morning, this is through the power of the Holy Spirit, is again 2 Corinthians 12 and verse Uh, 14, Behold, the third time I'm ready to come to you. And I will, because I'm not functioning in my own will, (laughs) be burdensome to you, for I seek not yours, but you. But you. For the children ought not to lay up for the parents, but the parents for the children. And I will, (laughs) submitted to Christ, finish the work in him, that his will submitted to, and same for us, I will very gladly spend and be spent for you, though the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. But be it so, I did not burden you. Nevertheless, being crafty, I caught you with guile. Really, I, you know, there is a, there is a sense of sarcasm in here, but, you know, I believe in this sense. I believe in that sense. It's a godly hurt, but I even believe the godly hurt is never with regret, in 2 Corinthians seven ten. But I know one thing, and I, I believe this for all of us that when we get into when we get into heaven and we face him, and we fellowship with him, with that hidden manna and that white stone and intimacy in Revelations two and verse seventeen. There won't, be any, there won't be anything about rejection there because in, in Revelation 7, 17, brought out in Isaiah 25 and verse 4, uh, four and brought out in Revelation 21 and verse 4, he wipes away all tear. Every tear, there'd be no more pain, death, crying, nor sorrow, for the former things have passed away, and all we do is function in what he accomplished in us with that gold, that silver and those precious stones. And that's why, again, all these material things, you think, you look at everything. I I looked at everything around in my office upstairs and I have a lot of different things up there. Anyone that's ever been up there knows there's a lot of stuff up there. And I, I look around here and every material thing came from the earth. And yet, that will be burnt up and done away with. But not even what we use of that material things for his glory. For his glory. That we take. That's the only thing we take off this earth is what he did and we allowed him to do with even those gifts, those material things that he even gave us. Because obviously, you know, and... and, We've shared this, and I'll I'll close with this uh, this morning, but many times God has said to me, me personally, hey Ed, he said it to me many times, you cannot be God, but you can have me. The only way I think I can be God, or be like him, is to not have him in my thought life. It's all about the flesh. That's Psalm 10, verse 4. That's Psalm 50, verse 21. God it says, God is not in all their thoughts. Meaning, he's not in one single thought of theirs. And that's the flesh that's in us, by the way. And we'll take those material things. And boy, some of the worst, false, most evil teaching has come out of that. God does want to bless us with, with material things. Sure he does. Sure he does. Of course he does. 3 John 2 through 4. Of course he does. But it's... Only operating as our soul prospers. Do we use them for God's glory? Because God never, even in the spiritual realm, and I never thought of it like this till this morning, and even in the material realm, God just never gives us gifts to exalt us in the flesh, but to humble us in his presence. And I know one thing. You look around at every single material thing. I don't care what it is. It's all going to be burnt up. The only thing we take off this earth is Christ in us and what he accomplished and what we allowed him to, to do with a submitted will to him. And so that, that I believe in, 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 in so much more we have to learn about these about these things in 2 Corinthians 12, verses 14 and 15. Um, the lot that we still have to learn about that. And uh, hopefully that helps for all of us and I believe it does because it's God the Holy Spirit that takes the things of Christ in, in the Word and shows them unto us. So, does anyone have any question or comment You will be devoured with a sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. You'll be devoured. What does the word become to you when you live in disobedience? And that same word Christ is going to use to deal with the enemy in the end days, by the way. You'll see that, I believe it's in Revelations 19, 3 to 15, around in there. We see, how, we see how this is. So in closing this morning, in closing this morning, how fatal is the influence that the world system, satanic world system, exercises over them and authority when it gains entrance into their thinking, into their minds. You think he wants to do that to Christians? Oh, more than more than any, more than any, and when that happens, when it gains entrance into those minds and emotions, then they, we enter into all these other attachments, these habits, and we become very hard.